into the fourth dimension amongst the clouds. Peaceful place. Am I dreaming? Welcome to the Woke Up Late Podcast. I'm your host, Oracle of the Ethers, and your imaginary friend, Sierra Surreal. On this show, we explore all forms of dreams. That includes daydreaming, imagination, and fantasy. And on each episode, we will be discussing how we can use our dreams for healing, transformation, manifestation, traveling to other realms, and communication with the divine. Today, I'm going to be talking about why I turned my back on all forms of dreaming and how I was able to make my dream space sacred again. So if you don't, so if you don't dream or you need help with visualization, I'll be sharing tips to help you. So as a child, and I feel like this is the same for most people, you don't have issues dreaming or fantasizing or daydreaming. You have this big, vivid imagination, and there's literally no limits to it. And it's pretty much just fun, and it comes second nature, and it's natural to you. And honestly, I I adore going to sleep. And I was a kid, right? Kids don't want to go to sleep, right? But I definitely look forward to laying in bed and knowing that I was going to go have a wonderful dream. Like typically I had a fully immersive and wonderful experience when I was sleeping. And honestly, it was like, I wanna say I took it for granted because I thought it would always be that way. I thought nothing would change that. And I remember having dreams of walking through palaces. I mean, so vivid. And the time, not the time being distorted, but time really being felt, I guess, how it truly is supposed to be felt. Like, I had all the time in the world to just walk around and explore these beautiful, beautiful landscapes and buildings and places. Um, I, I remember dreaming that I was underwater, and of course, I could breathe. And just dreaming that I was in the ocean and just looking at all of the wildlife underwater and it being very calm and serene and just fun. Because otherwise, in the 3D realm, you have to be a scuba driver to do that. Um, Not a driver, a scuba uh, diver in order to do that. Um, And I, now when I think about it, some some of those dreams were so vivid and some of them were reoccurring as well. I really believe that they were a collection of my past lives, timelines that are going on in my current lifetime, and events that will take place sometime in the future. Like, I really believe that those were, those dreams were real things and places and events, and that my soul was, like, showing me itself in my dream and also exploring other realms as well like just your soul is boundless and it can go and do 
whatever it wants within the confines of our concept of reality, right? Which is why I think you are so limitless when you're sleeping because we accept, for the most part, we accept when we sleep that we can do anything in our dreams and that anything can happen. So that is the opportunity our soul takes to go ahead and do that. And of course, in the 3D physical realm, we do come here to live as human beings. And so our soul accepts and wants those limitations because the dream realm, the dream realm can be so, um, it can be so limitless that the limits in the dream in the 3D realm are a blessing because the 3D realm slows us down. It's very stable and it's just a different experience than what like a light being would be ex experiencing a different realm. So I believe we come here for that and we don't want to just we don't want to just forego everything that the 3D realm can give us. So yeah so it's not a bad thing that we have so many limits in the 3d realm i've seen online like people wanting to walk through walls and stuff say that when you're sleeping or when you're like astral traveling but like don't try to do that with your physical body like it's a blessing that your physical body is as heavy and dense and solid as it is because it's perfect for the 3d realm um let's see so yeah like I said before, I took how easy it was for me to dream and daydream when I was a child for granted because I thought it would always be that way. And as I started to get older, so you get out of grade school, so you're no longer um, like a little kid. So you're getting up to like fifth, sixth and seventh grade. People will start to let you know that dreams are not real or it, you know, that's what they'll want you to think, that dreams are not real. Um, and I remember daydreaming a lot. Like, I just have a very dreamy disposition about me. I don't know, maybe it's all the air in my chart. Like, Mercury is the ruler of my chart. And I'm, my Myers-Briggs, any, any um, personality profile. Oh, even my human designs. I'm a human design projector. And... All of that points to me being very creative and imaginative and idealistic. Um, so I have a very rich inner life and it is, and I'm very ethereal. It's just very easy for me to kind of go there. Easier than it is for me to be grounded in this physical, to really trail off and lose my train of thought and like go up to the other realms my most active chakras is are my most active chakras are my throat chakra my third eye chakra and my crown chakra and i'm just always connecting to the ethers i'm always connecting to spirit and therefore my dream life is very very rich because that's how you communicate with spirit um but i started getting criticism for this from people who did not understand me as a person and people who don't value these type of traits in a person. And most of society is not this way. Like, um, the, the type of person that I am does not make the majority of, uh, does not make up the majority of society. 
And if you're listening to this and you're interested in this, that probably includes you as well. Like if you're a dreamer, you probably understand and go through the stigma that it is to be very innovative, idealistic, uh, creative, and just kind of have that dreamy disposition about you. It's like we think a lot and we imagine a lot, but that might not match up with our action. But that is not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> we're really supposed to be innovating and dreaming things up and making the uh, blueprints of society and then handling, um, handing it off to the builders and the doers um, in the collective. And that's like how we all fit together as puzzle pieces. But because we live in, um, and especially in America, I don't know about other countries, but because we live in this very... Um, more is done than said hustle culture and this go, 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 go um, culture and society. And we're also in the physical 3D realm. So if you're a dreamer, most of what you're thinking about or talking about does not exist yet. Like it's not in existence. And that can irritate people because people who are very grounded are like, what are you talking about? They, we can see it and they can't see and so there's a disconnect there. And that's what I was getting when I grew up. So I was getting, you need to like snap out of it. Like you're not a kid anymore. And dreams are not real. And your imagination doesn't mean anything. Like you need to um, get with the program because it is a program, right? You need to get with the program. You need to figure out how you're going to make money. And you need to get all these materialistic things. And you need to tap in to what's already here in this reality. So I started getting rude comments and, you know, just like, I could just tell that I was building a reputation with others that wasn't positive because of my natural disposition. I remember, and this was in the seventh grade, so I'm right out of sixth grade, and I'm sitting in the classroom, we had a substitute teacher that, that day, and there wasn't much going on. Like she couldn't teach the curriculum. You know how it is when you have a substitute teacher. Like it was one of those days where my main teacher was gone and um, it was unexpected and there wasn't a lesson plan left for this lady. And we were kind of just, I don't know, hanging out. Like there wasn't much for us to do. Um, and I'm just like off daydreaming, looking up into the corner, sitting down quietly though. And she looks at me and she's like, if you think you're going to get through life and be successful sitting around and looking pretty, you can think again. And I remember being so shocked by the comment. I was like, first of all, where did that come from? Who said I was pretty? Do you think I'm pretty? But then like being like, so I can't sit here and think in peace, like literally to sit and peace and quiet and have my own thoughts, whatever they were going to be, was a problem because I should have I should have been more so in the room. I wasn't talking to anyone in the room. I wasn't writing anything like it was kind of like this thing. I was off in my own world. And there is a negative stigma to that, surprisingly, like people literally have a problem with that. And I remember when I wanted to go off to school, I wanted to go to an art school. I did go to an art school in um, Chicago. And I live in the state of New York. 
And when I was growing up, we did not have very much money in a single parent household. And I was really, really stressing my mom to help me um, go to school in Chicago. And she got really, really frustrated with me. First of all, she didn't want me leaving the state. And then I feel like she thought I was dreaming too big. Like, why not just go to the community college or why not go to a school in New York State? Like, you know, why was I doing so much, basically? I was doing too much. And I just really, really, really had this dream of leaving the state and living in a metropolitan city. And New York was too much. And I just wanted it so bad. I had been dreaming about it for years. Like, literally, since I was five years old, I dreamed of leaving um where I'm from in New York State and living in the big city because I don't live in New York City. I'm six hours away from New York City. I live in upstate New York. And, um, you know, this was so important to me. And she just couldn't believe that I had the audacity to really believe that it could be done. Um, because, like I said, we we didn't have, like, the financial means and things of that nature. But... Um, she was able to help me make it happen, but I remember before everything was all said and done and I left off of school, she looked at me with like such frustration and she was like, you're just a daydreamer. And I remember feeling such a sinking feeling like, oh, like you're basically saying that the type of person I am, um, not worth less, but I'm not worth as much as someone else who would work a different way or think a different way. And I still wanted to go, and that made me want to go even more. I was like, okay, I just want to get out of here. And I do want to go live in my dream world, and I can do that um, thousands of miles away. Um, but for years, for years, that stuck with me. And whenever I would get discouraged, I would think about that and be like, man, I wish I wish I could be different. I wish I wasn't the way that I am. And then also trauma. So um, things that I went through growing up that were very traumatic resulted in like PTSD. I don't have an official PTSD diagnosis, but um, there were things that happened in my life that were very traumatic for me that I could not get out of my head. Like they just scenes that played over and over and over and me being anxiety ridden. So I would come up with scenarios just so that I could figure out or try to figure out how to get out of them that that finding safety in the worst case scenario, but it going into overdrive and not being able to stop. So during the day, that's all I did. Like I wasn't having those nice, pleasant daydreams anymore. I was literally constantly dreaming about my own demise and the bad things that would happen to me. And um, it was just a catastrophe. Like <laughs> every day in my head, all I was running through was terrible situations. And then that transferred over to my dreams when I was asleep. I was having dark, cloudy, foggy dreams. Um, I was having nightmares. And I wasn't really m remembering my dreams when I woke up because they were, they were chaotic. Like they weren't the stable and peaceful and serene and very, very vivid dreams of my childhood anymore. They were just, they were all over the place. 
They were hard to understand. They were broken up because I could no longer sleep in, uh, I could no longer sleep through the night. So I was constantly, um, I was constantly tossing and turning and having disruptive, a disruptive sleep pattern overall, which impeded on my ability to have um, really clear, vivid dreams. And at a point in my life when I started working, I just had to, I was young. Um, my mother passed away when I turned like a month after I turned 20 years old and my father had already um, died very early on when I was growing up. So it was just like, ooh, things come crashing down. And it was like, you're an adult now. Like you don't have time for imagination and dreams. And life is hard and life is bad. And all of that imagination stuff and that dream stuff, I guess that's just for children. I guess that's just something that you get for a few years of your life to sweeten the deal of being on earth. And you really just need to get over it and forget about it. Like it's not gonna help you. And that's what I did, you know, I started to kick myself whenever I found myself drifting, drifting away in daydreams and being carried away by my imagination. Um, I, I didn't take my dreams seriously. So if I had a dream that was kind of pointing to something in my waking life, I just pretty much ignored it. I, I just said, you know, it's a function of my mind, of my subconscious. Of course, I'm having dreams about what's going on in my life because that's all that there is. Like what goes on in the 3D, there's nothing more. So I just passed it off as that and um, really put my head down and started working a lot, started working. I was working overtime. I was working well over 40 hours a week. I, I, um, at the height of my my career and and like working in offices in in Chicago, I think I was working I mean I was working a minimum of fifty hours, but I can't tell like the maximum amount and that number fluctuated each week, but you know i I was exhausted, but I was also extremely stressed, and I didn't believe in dreaming anymore. So my dream space kind of dulled out or just became problematic for me. It was like, it was a good thing if I just slept in the night and I woke up and didn't remember a dream. Um, because otherwise I probably was having a dream that was very stressful. Like I used to have dreams all the time that I was at work and I had some type of client or customer that just could not be satisfied or there was an obstacle um, that I couldn't get through, like some someone brought a problem or issue to me to fix and it was just a never-ending puzzle like there was no way or nothing I could do to fix it so definitely started to to dread my dreams after a while now eventually this took a turn um I started having dreams that were premonitions to things that were happening in my waking life. So here's an example. So I'm in Chicago and I am living in a neighborhood that, the neighborhood was so-so, 
but the west side of chicago has an issue with um heroin and the building i was living in it was pretty much run by a slumlord like it was my first apartment that i could afford on my own in chicago and it wasn't a bad apartment but there used to be a lot of um people who lived on the streets sleeping in the hallways so initially it just when i first moved there i would open the door and they would just pretty much be like on the first floor and i lived all the way on the third floor and um, I would kind of just, you know, step over them. Like some of them would be in the hall, um, some of them would be in the hallway, passed out. Um, some of them would be in the hallway, absolutely sleeping. Uh, some of them would be in the hallway, like drink, like literally just laying down and drinking beer. So it was awkward. I was young. I didn't know what to do. So I would step over them and I would go up to my apartment and um, that would be it. And one day, I had a dream that I woke up late for work and I am rushing. So I'm I'm late enough to not take my time, but not so late that I can't still make it to work on time. So I am rushing to get through my morning routine to get out of the door and I open the door and I'm ready to just run down those stairs. And I look down and there's a man sleeping outside my door. And I am terrified i'm like what in the world so i wake up i finally wake up in the 3d and what do you know i am running late for work and i'm like oh i always hate those dreams that i wake up and i'm getting ready for work and i um don't realize i'm dreaming and then i finally wake up and it's like oh, you woke up late like <laughs> Anytime I have a dream that I'm already awake and I'm getting ready for my day, I have slept through my alarm clock. Like, that's usually what happens. So I wake up late, for real, and I am rushing to get through my routine. And I open the door finally to leave. And what do you know? There's a man sleeping right outside of my door. And I tell you, it's like my soul jumped three feet out of my body and then hopped back in. I was so frightened. Like I was shaking. Like, oh my God. Shook. Does not even describe it. And I go off. I tell this guy, I'm like, you cannot sleep outside the hallway, in the hallway like this. You cannot sleep outside my door. Um, you know, if I see you back here, I'll call the police. Like I was just so, I was so shaking up. And I think what shook me up more so than the the surprise of me opening a door and there literally being a stranger right there, um, at, I don't know, probably like seven o'clock in the morning or something, was the fact that I literally had the dream about it right before it happened. And everything that happened in my dream happened in real life to a T. And I think about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it was, it was a warning, but I didn't take my dreams seriously at the time. So, you know, if that was today, I literally would have like cracked my door and see what was going on as soon as I woke up. But at that time, I didn't take my dreams seriously, you know, I didn't mean anything. So I didn't. But like I said, that's, that started to change. Um... So fast forward, um, things things are weird. Like I'm noticing synchronicities and 
you know, as the years go on, I'm getting, I'm getting more and more frazzled and I, I am just out of it. You know, I'm, I'm fully in the matrix, but I'm also seeing different things that has kind of let me know that there's a little bit more to life, but again, I'm ignoring them. So I finally in my life, and I say finally, because most of the people I knew in my life are already doing this, but I started smoking weed and I start going into trances and really, really, really falling deep into, you know, you know how you smoke a you smoke a joint. And by the way, in New York State, recreational weed is legal. And I lived in Chicago at the time, but it was legal in Chicago. They they legalized it in Chicago too. Anyway, legalized marijuana across the whole um country. Anyway, um I started falling into deep trances again and I started a meditation practice, like a daily meditation practice because of it. And from there, I started having more vivid dreams and I started to take this really, really seriously. I started really being passionate about meditation and wellness. And um, I even started doing meditation workshops at my very much so serious office job at the time. And I'm surprised they really, they really let me do it. So for every day I was able to pull people away from their productivity so that they could sit in the corner of the office with me and meditate. And it it started growing and growing and growing and growing. And eventually um, I was going to the town hall company meetings and um, leading in meditation or leading a guided meditation like that people really got into it. And I was like, I was really surprised. I was very passionate about it and it fit my disposition way better than what I normally was supposed to do at work. Like I could barely pay attention to what I was supposed to be doing during the day at work um, because I'm just the type of person that will kind of like drift off. But meditation is perfect for that because that's exactly what you're supposed to do in meditation. Like in meditation, you don't have to sit there and focus and pay attention. You're pretty much doing the opposite of that. You're kind of just watching your thoughts and letting yourself go. So as an adult, I start coming back to imagination and daydreaming because in the adult world, that's how you do it. That's how you get permission to um give yourself time for these things and take these things seriously. Meditation, who knew? And that is such a shame that something that is a birthright and comes naturally to us has to be given back. Like we have to get permission for it and it has to be given back to us as adults. And it's like, what? This whole freaking time, if I would have known that meditation is basically daydreaming, I would not have walked around with the shame that I had for wanting to do it and taking it seriously for um, you know, all those years that I was getting flack about it when I was younger. Like basically been a meditation guy my whole life and didn't know it. But um then then the pandemic happened and I got laid off from that job and my awakening happened. And you do have multiple spiritual awakenings in your life. It doesn't happen one time. Like your your life is basically an ongoing spiritual awakening. But I had a huge energetic shift in 2020. Um, and yeah, it was 
I would definitely say it was a Kundalini awakening. Um, it was a huge energetic shift. And the only thing that got me through it was my dreams. Literally my dreams, my um, the visions I was getting during meditation and the guidance that I was getting during my dreams helped me a lot. Because at that point in time, nothing in the physical realm was making any sense to me. Um, my psychic abilities were coming through, my clairvoyance was coming through, my clairaudience was coming through, and my claircognizance was coming through a lot. My sensitivity overall, like my clairsentience was definitely coming through. And I was just like, what is real and what is fake? Like I had no idea what was going on. I started seeing sparkles, light orbs. I started to know things that I shouldn't know. I started getting guidance on what to do that was not really logical. Like it didn't match up with what was going on in my life, but I just knew that I had to take action on the guidance that I was getting and I did. So at that point in time, I threw all seriousness out the window because serious and serious um, notions and real life was becoming more and more unreal by the day. So heck, why not fall in, back into my dreams? So that's what I did. I made sure that I meditated daily. And from there, my, vi my dreams got more and more vivid. I started a tarot practice. Um, and I really, really dwelled deep into my intuition and took my intuition seriously. And um, at that point in time, there was no doubt in my mind that there was a God, that um, there was a spiritual realm, and there was just more than meets the eye. And I, I was tapped in. I was tapped in, plugged in. So... I want to make this podcast to help others who are going through that and to let other people like me, uh, daydreamers, visionaries, um, highly sensitive people, empaths, intuitives know that the way you are naturally is such a gift and you may not be out here building and doing the way the rest of the population can but you play a really really vital role in the collective because like I said before everyone cannot see how you see and perceive how you perceive we need people who understand and believe in a world larger than our own because that's the only way we're going to continue to change and create the world that we live in. Our physical 3D world is made from our imaginative and fantasy and dream world. Everything that I'm using right now to make this podcast did not exist. It's it's all I I'm I'm not very old and it's all much younger than much um younger than me. Well not much younger, but I existed before the internet. I existed before smartphones. I existed before social media. And this goes on and on and on and on. So many things that we take for granted in, in our lives right now, the grocery store, domesticated animals, infrastructure, cars, um, that didn't exist at one point in time. 
We can go back in history and that was not a thing. And the only way it became a thing is because someone was able to imagine it and think it up in their mind, have a knowing and belief and faith that they could create it in the 3D world and put action behind it. Everyone is always talking about being more realistic, but most of what we have in this 3D realm was not real at one point in time. So I I get so frustrated with people making me and others like me be more realistic when we literally are creating the world. Like we are the ones who are trailblazing the pioneers. We're chopping the, the trees down and burning and getting rid of the obstacles in the way to make a path for others who would literally just be stopped by what they see in front of them. I'm gonna stop right here and take a quick break and I will be back with tips to start dreaming if you don't have dreams and you want to, and also tips to make visualization um, easier for you. Hey Dreamer, it's Sierra. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you would like to donate, you can buy me a cup of coffee. This will help me improve the quality of the show and make more content. The link will be in the show notes. Thank you in advance. You can also support the show by rating and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This will give the show more visibility and it helps listeners like yourself figure out if they would be interested in the podcast. If you would like to work with me, uh, my books are open for readings. The link for that will also be in the show notes. Okay, now let's get back to the show. Okay, so if you want to make your dreams more vivid, immersive, intense, if you want to dream more often, or if you want to get better at visualization when you're um, daydreaming, meditating, or fantasizing, I have a bunch of tips and tricks. You don't have to do all of them. Do what is easiest for you or what resonates um, with you the most. Um, But basically, it's about um, unblocking and balancing your third eye chakra. And I would say like crown chakra, because you you need to you do need to have faith and you do need to believe um, in order to have more of a um, vivid dreamscape. So the first one. Having a daily meditation practice. Um, I know that the whole meditation thing can be pretty intimidating. But like I said before, it's basically just daydreaming. So everybody has a different uh, method of, of doing it. And you don't have to do sitting meditation, although I would say to start there. Once you start with sitting meditation and you do it for a while, you start to notice when you fall into a meditative state doing other activities. Um, and from there, you can figure out you know, how you want to form your meditation practice. But initially, I would say... Start with guided meditation. There is there is podcasts, or there are podcasts. There are um, YouTube channels. Um, 
there's free meditation music, like Spotify or Apple Music has um, songs and albums that are dedicated to meditation, and there's guided meditations available there as well. So I would start with those. And then once you start to um, realize what it feels like for you to fall in a meditative state, you can start doing other things instead if you don't like or if you find it too difficult to do sitting meditation. Um, what else? Avoiding too much visual stimulation. This is mainly social media. The way they have social media set up now, it is very fast paced. It's it's loud. It's It's just very in your face. So you have very short spans of um, media being flashed in front of your face. Um, and that's a lot of stimuli. That's a lot for your eyes to focus on. That's a lot for your brain to process. And it kind of fries the third eye after a while. Like there's so much sensory information for you to process that that's all you can do. And so when you want to daydream, fantasize, visualize, uh, visualize, or even when you're sleeping, like you're not, you're probably not sleeping in the most restful state because your brain is still processing um, a lot of that uh, stimuli. And if you are intuitive or a sensitive person or an empath, that is affecting you way more than the rest of the population. So it's really, really important to limit how much of that you're doing, like especially like TikTok, the reels, um, that automatic play on videos is, um, the, I feel like the main culprit of that. Um, Pinterest is more of a friendly social media um, platform. It doesn't really move as fast and you can, you can, more easily avoid like the fast paced, fast moving, um, like content on there. Um, YouTube is another one. I always go through and make sure that my settings on YouTube are, um, to have the automatic play be off. I like want, I want to click the video in order for me to watch it. I'm not on Facebook, um, and I, I don't really do Twitter because I find that to be a lot of information as well. But if you do do any of those platforms that are um, fast, fast moving and, and things of that nature, you don't have to stop going on them, but you should limit your intake of that type of stimulus. And you should definitely, definitely um, be cutting it um, before bed. So I would say about two hours before bed, um, try to do something else, read a book, um, draw. I don't know. I don't care what you do. Even, I mean, even watching TV, although watching TV isn't good either, but at least it's, it's pretty, it's pretty stable compared to you going through 30, 30 videos in, in, um, 30 minutes, that's, you know, just all over the place. Um, but I also recommend not watching TV before bed as well. Let's see. Watching the sunrise and the sunset. 
the eye of Ra. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah, the sunset, when you look at the sunset, it does honestly look at, look like an eye. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally get that whole thing. But um, it's very nice for the eye. It's very pleasant. It's one of the it's one of the magical things in the world that you can always get access to the sunset and the sunrise. It's very good with the um um. It's very pleasing to the eye, and it does help balance and open your third eye chakra. The same thing with candle gazing, like looking at a flame. Fire is nothing but pure light energy. And that's a form of energy that we are not acquainted with because we are always around electronics. So looking at pure light energy, which we all are, it it helps us, like it helps us connect to our spiritual selves. So lighting a candle in your room and kind of looking at it before bed or during your meditation during the day is very, very helpful. Also, turning the lights down. So if you have light dimmers, that's a really good idea. If you have colored lights, I prefer blue light, um, as well as only being in candlelit rooms right before bed. Like if you want to just light a candle or two in your room and have that be the only light source when you're getting ready for bed at night is um, a really good help. Not only does looking at the candle light itself help your third eye, but it helps you start to wind down for the day, which really helps set the stage for um, dreams. So with that, um, doing a doing a routine, a bedtime routine, excuse me, doing a bedtime routine, it helps you transition into sleep. So we transition into the day. Pretty much everyone has a daytime routine, even if it's getting up, going to the bathroom and brushing your teeth. Um, we do that every day. Like you get up, you got to pee and you need to brush your teeth. So, you know, you're doing at least that. Some of us have more extensive morning routines. My morning routine consists of me having a cup of tea doing my daily um, hygiene, working out, a shower, getting dressed. You know, I have a full morning routine. So, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that long or complex um, when you're going to sleep. But you should have something that you're doing every day before you go to sleep that lets your brain know we're going into a different part of the day now. Like we are going to sleep now. It is no longer time for us to be up and active. And that signals to your brain that you can um, calm down, which in turn helps you sleep, which in turn helps you dream. Cutting down on violent content or frightening content overall. Violence is very, very intense. And we have to remember how our brain works and how it's wired for survival. And like, where in the wild do animals um, watch danger and just sit there and watch it? Usually they're getting the heck up out of there. Like usually if there's something going down in the wild, animals are making sure they're getting the heck up out of the way. So that's that fight or flight, right? Like 
when you watch the nature documentaries and one gazelle takes off, the rest take off too. Like they don't sit there and watch the, you know, gazelle get chased or they don't sit there and wait for the lion to run up to them and like just watch the whole thing. It's like, we got to go, we got to do something. So the fact that as humans, we watch dangerous situations as entertainment kind of goes against the way that we're wired for survival. So we can send ourselves into that, um, like a mild fight or flight state, and that's not conducive to sleeping well or, or dreaming. If you're watching a bunch of violence during the day, you're not getting ready to have sweet dreams. Like that's just most likely not going to happen. Um, the same thing with like frightening content, so stuff like horror. Um, if you're putting stuff in front of you that you're like cringing when you look at, you're gonna you're gonna carry that around with you. So you're not going to be comfortable with I don't know how to put this, but you're not gonna be comfortable with visuals in a way overall. Like, you know, you know how people will watch horror movies from behind um, their, their fingers, like, you know, they're just, they're just kind of like just peeking through because everything is like so intense and scary. And it's just like, yeah, you're going to walk away feeling like that. So when you go to sleep, you're still going to be carrying that energy with you and you're not going to be surrendering the way that you need to, to have clear or vivid stuff up to be able to surrender to what you see when you close your eyes. And if you're putting things in front of you that freaks you out or makes you uncomfortable in any way, you're not going to be able to surrender when you're closing your eye or when you're trying to visualize. Um, Also, dark and intense and bad images can infiltrate our mind's eye. And we can start to only think about those things. So when we go to fantasize, it's abruptly interrupted by some type of negativity. Just because that's what we're used to seeing. So it doesn't it doesn't stop when you cut whatever the trigger the trigger is off or the, the um stimuli is off. It it continues to go because that's just how your memory works and that's just how habit works. Um, keeping a dream journal. So, and you can do this for meditation as well. If you, if you meditate and you have visuals come to you, you can write that down at the end of your meditation session. And also, of course, when you're first waking up, writing down everything you remember about your dream. So it helps you bring your dreams forth into the physical 3D, 3D realm. It makes them more tangible and it makes it so, you know, you are building a relationship with your with your dreams and um, that form of your intuition um, in the first place. Consuming content for children. If you notice, children are given the liberty to have the most vivid imaginations that they want. And a lot of their content is very imaginary. It goes beyond the limits of 3D. It's not realistic. Um, It's very fun. It's very whimsical. Watching things like that expand your mind and opens your mind up because you're going outside. You're being shown something that is automatically outside the confines of our 3D reality and our 3D realm. And so it gets you used to doing that on your own. 
it starts to get rid of those blocks that we put in our mind um, ourselves because that is just our existence and that's what we get used to doing. Hanging artwork in your home or your bedroom that is visually interesting to you. So not something that is like really, really simple, you know, I don't know, something more than like a sunset or although it can be a sunset, but you know what I mean? Like something that is really visually interesting and has depth through it to it so that you will sit there and analyze it. And, you know, it can still, especially if it's in your room, it can still be calming and, you know, the colors that you choose will determine that mostly, but it needs to be something that you can look at and visually kind of just get lost in. And that's going to help you open your mind. It's going to stimulate your brain. Um, the creativity behind it is going to um, balance out your third eye chakra. And it's going to be a, a calming activity because it's going to give a busy brain something to focus on. That's not super stimulating like video and things of that nature. I think I covered all of them. No, I have a few more. I have so I have so many of these. Um, no alcohol use before bed. Alcohol impedes on your ability to sleep. Um, and also, depending on the type of drink you are, can be upsetting. You know. Um, instead, having a tea, um, especially a tea that induces dreaming or helps induce sleep like lavender, chamomile, valerian root, mugwort. Those are good things to drink before bed. And there's more, so you can research and find what type of tea you would like to have before bed. Definitely nothing with caffeine in it. Um, that is a great way to help yourself sleep uh, and also it's a something nice to add to your bedtime routine to get yourself ready for bed. If you get up in the morning and you like to drink coffee or you like to have ice, uh, we'd like to have iced tea or something like that, do the same thing at night while you're about to transition into the dream room and you're about to go to sleep. Like give yourself the same passageway into the the night as you do into the day. And... I think I pretty much, yeah, I covered, oh, the last one, and this one is a doozy, but fantasizing when you're self-pleasuring instead of looking at adult content. Give yourself the work to get yourself off. Like, let yourself fantasize about whatever you want to fantasize about. Like, start tapping into your desire to bring up um, you know, the, the images and the stimulus that's going to literally, that's going to get you off. Stop looking at images created by others. They're not, first of all, they don't cater to you. I don't care what your kink is or what you, what you type in. It's not exactly what you want. You're probably getting very close to what it is that you want, but like, think of your dream guy, your dream girl. Um, Think of your the dream environment that you would want to be in when you're you know with another person um, in a in a, a sensual um, or erotic way. Literally, fantasize. Let 
everything that is arousing you be from your mind's eye. It's great work for the third eye. Heck, you know, some people even say some their meditative practice to sit there and fantasize while they are self-pleasuring themselves. There's no shame in it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the plant adult content. I'm not telling you that it is bad, but it makes you lazy in a way. Um, what what better to help your your fantasies and your imagination than having to use it so that you can orgasm? Like that is a really great motivator. So go ahead and make sure that you are doing that and wean yourself off of adult content. I promise you, once your third eye starts to get really, really active and you get really, really good at it, your orgasms that you get from your fantasies are going to be way better and more intense than what you would get from adult content because your fantasies are going to be catered to you and they're going to be the apple, literally the apple of your third eye. They're going to be exactly what you want. And they're going to be so immersive, you're you're going to love it. So this was a long episode, but how can I do a podcast about dreams if I haven't set the foundation for how important dreams are, how to dream um, in the first place, right? Everyone everyone can't dream. And some of us who, who are dreamers at heart, we might have fallen off or become disconnected from our dreams. So I can't do a podcast without helping everybody get back to a beautiful dream space and cultivating their third eye um, abilities and um, becoming the master uh, visualizers that we can be. So I think this is a really good starting off point and um i hope that it was helpful if you want to connect with me you can send me an email my email is sierra s-i-e-r-r-a the letter x surreal s-u-r-r-e-a-l at gmail.com um i just started posting on instagram so you can you can connect with me there uh, my handle is at Sierra X Surreal. Um, and all of that is going to be in the show notes as well. So don't worry about that. Um, that concludes this podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone, and sweet dreams. Am I dreaming?